Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Thursday night, Test Rugby. The only changes being Brody Retallick returning to the starting lineup with Scott Barrett shifting across to the number six jersey and Hoskins Satutu in at number eight, which will uh, please Ken, um, our correspondent from Auckland, I am sure. Otherwise, it's the same side that rolled Argentina in Hamilton a couple of weeks ago. Over in Melbourne is uh, freelance rugby writer Jamie Wall, just getting a sense for it. Jamie, good morning to you. Good morning, Smithy. How are you? Oh, I'm damn good. I'm home. You're over there. Uh, let's hope you have a lot more success than I did on my little venture. Um, Jamie, What's the feel uh, for Test Rugby in Melbourne this week on the basis of we know what an important week it is in the AFL? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's um, it's an interesting one. Obviously, being in Australia, usually when you go to Sydney or Brisbane for these Glenslow Cup games, you can you know you you can see the signage around the town, and then you, you know you see the people wearing the jerseys, and you have both teams out doing stuff in the um, in the in the community, um, but it hasn't been like that at all. Melbourne, obviously, you pick up a newspaper and the first 16 pages uh, on the, in the sports are about AFL, um, which is, you know, really, really something to look at. I think the first story uh, in the uh, Herald Sun um, about the Blazer Cup was, was today. Uh, it was entirely about the war- of the Wallabies, and they'd, they'd just lifted it from the um, Sydney Morning Herald Anyway, so yeah, um, in terms of vibe, uh, it's a it's an interesting one um, because uh, in saying all of that, uh, they are still confident of Marvel Stadium selling out um, uh, tomorrow night and uh, down at the Docklands there. So there there is some interest. Obviously, there's a lot of New Zealanders here. Um, we did go out, uh, went to an AFL game on um, on Saturday night between Collingwood and Fremantle, and did actually manage to just sort of, you know, go go around and talk to some people. And there's just a lot of Kiwis that, that were at least aware uh, of the game going on. So I think they can, they can count on a lot of um, expat support over here. Um, but, yeah, in terms of uh, visibility, it's it's pretty low. Um, I saw a guy outside our hotel painting a mural of um, all the, uh, the AFL teams that are in the finals. Um, I don't think there's going to be anything painted of the All Blacks and Wallabies. Okay, right. Uh, now that we've we've got that uh, sort of, what what have you made of um, the All Black side that was named by Ian Foster yesterday and the changes that um, I, I guess he was enforced to make, really? Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, we we could have had this conversation on Monday or even last week because uh, he's definitely shown that he he's going to stick with the team that he's gone with for the whole <clears throat> rugby championship. 
and the only changes he was going to make were, were injury or unavailability. And so, as you mentioned, um, Brody's come in, uh, which is he was probably going to anyway. Um, and then you've got Hoskins to do, uh, coming in at eight, which is great because um, it'd just be nice to see him play rugby for once um, because I think he's maybe had like one game in the last two months. Um, so hopefully he remembers what to do. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I think that the, the, there are still a few question marks over the form of some of the, some of the players. Um, we had a chat with Will Jordan yesterday who... Uh, admitted that you know the last few tests haven't haven't been his best, and I mean I think that says a lot about the impact that he's had in his young career of uh, you know score, seems to be scoring like at least two tries a game. Um, that seems to have dried up uh, just because of the way that the All Blacks have been playing and the way that um, opposition defences have been treating him. He just barely barely hasn't touched the ball. He he admitted that, uh, but they, they are confident that this Wallabies team. Uh, are going to run the ball and play a more open open game, uh, which will suit the All Blacks a, a lot better. I think um, a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, uh, Aaron Smith and some pretty ill-judged remarks. I thought uh, bemoaned the fact that Argentina in their in their win in Christchurch weren't playing weren't playing to win. They were just playing not to lose by playing a very conservative game plan, which was a pretty silly thing to say, really, considering that you know they actually did win. Um, the game, so he was sort of making up the one without even trying. Um, but I think what he was getting at was that, like, the Springboks, the Argentinians, uh, are obviously very kick-heavy uh, games. They don't like playing with the ball in their own half um, and they're obviously reliant on a lot of goal-kicking, you know, a lot of 10-man rugby. And the, the feeling is is that uh, the Wallabies are not like that. They're going to try and open it up, um, which would lead to at least... You know, a better spectacle, um, and let the All Blacks run it back at them. So the guys like Will Jordan, Carl Clark, Jordy uh, Barrett, you know, can get a bit of get a bit of ball and space. So that's the theory, anyway. Um, I don't think it's going to be that straightforward. I think the Wallabies would be silly to just simply come in and um, try and run it from everywhere and expect expect to win. Um, so I think we're going to see something a little bit more open than what we saw against um, the Argentinians. Uh, in that first test anyway. Um, but at the same time, <clears throat> I, I, I am fairly confident of an all-black victory here. I saw enough in that last game uh, against the Pumas that uh, just led me to believe that, you know, things were kind of clicking back into place. They'd had their, they'd had their hurry up in Christchurch. Um, and also just looking at the state of this Wallabies team where they're almost down to the bloody bus driver playing for them, that I, I, I feel like there's just going to be uh, a bit too much all-black momentum going into this one. I, I actually agree. I, I'm, I'm looking at, I'll get onto the Wallabies very shortly. I, I just want to refocus a wee bit, if I can, Pat, on, on Hoskins Satutu because he, he comes into a jersey number and in, uh, which has been owned by Artie Savia. Artie Savia, without doubt, has been the, the all-black of the year. He's the one player that, win, lose or draw, seems to step up and break tackles. Uh, so uh, I think this is probably the area, the loose forward area, with Barrett coming back in first time since uh, the Irish first test. Uh, I think this is the area of most interest because if I look at uh, the Wallaby side of thing, uh, there's probably one of the areas they've got consistent quality. Valentini's had a hell of a season. Peter Samu's playing some great rugby, and Rob Liotta is in the side as well. And I, I just think that that might be one of the battles of this test match. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, if you look at that Wobbington, that's definitely their, their strength. Um, it's also an all-Melbourne um, back row that they've got. Um, I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I feel like that's probably the first time that's that's ever happened with the Wallabies. Um, and, yeah, like you said, uh, Rob Bellantini is, I guess, probably their ver- as close uh, to a thing to the Wallabies possess uh, of a version of Artie Savia of their own. Um, so Hoskins is going to have a pretty big job um, ahead of him. And it's also one of those selections where it doesn't really matter what he does. He could score three tries um, and do everything. When Artie comes back, he's coming back no matter what. So uh, it would be interesting to see what Hoskins' motivations are on this, um, given that it's you know it's been almost a year since his last test and it may be another long period before his next. Um, but yeah, the 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 loose boards have obviously been an ongoing conversation in the All Blacks, um, for the last, you know, all throughout um, in Foster and, and before that as well. To be fair, um, and it's it because of the fact that Sam Kane's obviously the, the captain. Um, you can't change it around too much. And now with Artie being out, we can actually see a little bit of a, a change up just to kind of see what see what would happen. Um, if he's if he's not there, so it's that that's going to be interesting. Um, obviously, the Wallabies are missing Michael Hooper uh, as well. Um, so just haven't really kind of gotten to the bottom of what's what's going on there with him. Um, I think he, I, I'd like to think that you know he, he's all good, like he hasn't um, suffered any too bad concussions or anything like that, and that's what that's the, why he's um, sitting sitting these tests out, but. They do obviously have a very uh, good replacement, Pete Samu, who's you know not unfamiliar to people on this side of the Tasman um, with his time with the Crusaders. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a tough battle. But uh, again, the the big one is going to be in the tight five, which is uh, an area where the All Blacks have just, you know, traditionally dominated um, the Wallabies. Uh, we've obviously the the big success story this season of the of the All Blacks has been the front row. And so they'll be looking to dominate that area. Um, but then out in that, they've, you know, the, the Wallabies have had to change up their inside backs, uh, whereas the All Blacks have remained settled. And that's that's always, you know, it's, it was always a massive roll of the dice. You got Bernard Foley coming back, and you know, he hasn't played what, three years. Not just not just a Test match rugby for Bernard Foley, but he hasn't actually uh, played a game of rugby since about May because he didn't play some rugby. He's been over in um, Japan, so. There's that uh, that they that he's coming in pretty pretty rusty and and they've swapped out uh, Nick White who's been one of their more consistent selections um, over the past sort of five years uh, for Jake Gordon so that'll be that'll be a pretty pretty interesting one as well. If we look at the two coaches, uh, both of whom we know very well on this side of the Tasman, um, what are you sensing the pressure is on Dave Rennie here all of a sudden? Um, uh, injuries, of course, have forced his hand a lot in this regard. But at the end of the day, he still can't um, be part of or pick a, a Wallaby side to consistently beat the All Blacks. How important for Dave Rennie is this, do you feel? Yeah, it's a really good question. We had a word with um, some of the Aussie Junos yesterday about this um, because you kind of get the feeling that the um, the, the clock's kind of ticking a little bit on, on Dave Rennie um, because I think Rugby Australia had expected some some better results than what they've they've been having. And, um, you know, they've they've actually slipped down to their their worst world ranking 
ever. Uh, it, that hasn't helped by the fact by the fact that um, they've had to play the All Blacks so many times over the last two and a half years. I mean, this will be the I think the eighth test uh, since since uh, twenty twenty, um, which obviously hasn't hasn't helped them, and it also doesn't help that uh, New Zealand rugby have scheduled most of the, uh, at least half of those to their uh, Eden Park. Um, so you can cut them a little bit of slack there, but it's just the inconsistency about it. In fact, we're sitting there in that press conference yesterday and listening to the way Ian Foster was talking, I was thinking like, well, Dave Rennie's doing a press conference naming his team around about now as well, and it's probably sounding exactly the same. They've, they've gone loss win, loss win. They've gone flat performance, good performance, uh, you know, good, really good win against the Springboks um, in Adelaide, where they really showed what sort of team um, they can be, and show, actually showed a bit of depth, which is one of the main criticisms of Australian rugby. They just don't really have that, have the players underneath to kind of step up uh, if there's some sort of injury or unavailability crisis going on. Um, and then they turn around and got, got whacked in um, in Sydney, uh, and so you know it's it's pretty similar to what the All Blacks have gone through. Um, I I think he's probably, Reed's obviously got a lot more leeway because, you know, it's Australia and it's not been you know, national obsession um, like it is in New Zealand, like he's probably not getting as much um, heat on him from the public and everything. But within, you know, the Australian rugby community themselves, they're probably sort of going, OK, well, you came in with this reputation that you are going to turn this whole thing around and you're the guy that was potentially going to coach the All Blacks and you've chosen um, to come and, and do this instead, when's it actually going to start happening? Because they've got a World Cup, you know, they're hosting um, the the World Cup after after next year and they want to be in a position where they are going to uh, be able to win it uh, and capture the public's attention going forward because Australia, Australia Rugby Australia put all their, putting all their chips on this. Uh, in terms of getting rugby back to where it was, back to you know in the late '90s, early 2000s, when the Wallabies were you know world champions, um, had the Bledisloe Cup, and were filling up uh, Sydney's Olympic Park, you know, with like 100,000 people, they they want to get back to that again. Um, there, there is going to be they still are capable of drawing some pretty good crowds, um, but uh, you know it's not where they want it to be. And they need the team to start winning in order to do that. And so, yeah, there's a little bit of impatience going on. And if, if you look at uh, relationships, uh, do you sense um, uh, an easing in the relationship between Ian Foster and uh, our media as such, uh, of which we're both part of, of course? Uh, do you think um, it's better in, in any regard? Are you, do you get more access? Are, you, are, they, are they opening their doors anymore? Well, it, it's about the same as what it's what it's always been. Um, this is the first time I've been away with the team uh, this year. I heard some pretty uh, some bad stories of of what happened over in South Africa, where they, where there were no no access to the players or anything like that. Um, but I mean, this week has been fine. I mean, I'll call it fine because it, you can always get more. Um, the press conference yesterday went went, went well. Um, Foster was his usual self, which is he doesn't really give much away. Um, his body language could have been a little bit better. He just rolled out of bed. But other than that, I mean, you know, he said what he needed to say. Um, the players said what they needed to say. <clears throat> um, and, and really, it, it's kind of hard to really get a, a gauge on 
a certain a narrative within this team other than you need to start winning again. You know, uh, if, they, if you want things to change in terms of media coverage, it's down to you to win games. You need to win the next, I think it's six games of the season in order for us to be, you know, constantly writing positive things about you because every time there's a loss, we have to talk about why. Um, I don't think that they really get that, that they, they, they seem to be quite uh, thin-skinned around, around criticism, but it's like, mate, you know, if you lose, we're not just going to just sugarcoat it and say that it's a good thing. Um, you know, you have to win in order for us to write positive things about you. So I, th- I feel like there's still a little bit of lingering resentment um, within within the group itself. Um, personally, I think they need to grow up and just deal with it. Like, it's their job, um, just like it's our job to just simply tell the truth about what's, what's happening. Uh, but uh, I think that in terms of access, yeah, it's just the same way that the All Blacks have always operated. And for me personally, it's like, that's good enough. I mean, you know, we got our time with the players yesterday. We'll have our time with uh, Sam Kane today. That's, that's really all I need to be able to form an opinion on on what's going to happen tomorrow night. Jamie, always great to catch up with you. Uh, and Enjoy uh, Melbourne. Do you get to stay on for the footy finals? Oh, no, no. I, I got here on Saturday, so we managed to get out um, to the G on, on Saturday night. We also took in a bit of the NRL beforehand, because obviously Amy Park and the MCG are like right next to each other. So we went and watched the first half of the Storm and the Raiders, and we had a few there, and then went over the MCG and had a few more and then went out afterwards and had a whole heap more. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a really good time over here. Uh, it's a fantastic city. Uh, I, there's been a bit of talk about midweek test matches, but if they want to play more midweek test matches in Melbourne, I'm all for it because there's plenty to do over here, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, Jamie, I hope your visit to Australia is more successful than mine and we'll catch up with you uh, when you get home. Thanks for your time this morning, mate. Cheers, Matthew. Always, always a pleasure, mate. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.